Welcome to Starseed's Angel's Savant Syndrome, your host, the Mystic Man here, today, right now, traveling through time, to whenever you clicked this podcast. Today we've got some cool stuff. First, a little bit of uh, Nazi-like verboten rules and stuff from the platform I'm speaking on that desires me to be censored. Yikes. Then, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about some personal stuff to um, apologize to you for why I've been missing I've noticed that I've been getting a lot of listeners anyways. That's crazy. Like, I haven't even been putting out episodes, and yet it's been pretty cool, actually. Like, um, for a while there, I was getting around 18 listeners a day. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, People all over the world, too. It's pretty cool. I remember back in the day, for some reason... 90% of my listeners were from France for the longest time. And um, I still have a special place in my heart for them. Thank you, France. Later, I'm going to play a little clip of the specific Joe Rogan episode that got him uh, banned off of Spotify. Because what in the heck? It's only Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the platform which created the technology for mRNA vaccines. Um, He's also the most published uh, author, as in in science journals, in in credible science journals for peer-reviewed science studies to be published science papers. He's got the most authorships. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that, that you know, I guess the experts aren't allowed anymore, right? Wow. Good one, Spotify. You know, it's just ridiculous. Anyways. And then, um, you know, uh, and of course, they always throw in a lot of deep talk all throughout. Thank you for being here. Cheers. There are many people now sitting around in their own lives, in their own homes, not telling the person that's across the table from them what they really think about the world. And the more of us that do that, we actually are giving air to the monster that is coming for all of us. So ultimately, what what does this come down to? 
rebuilding families, educating our children, retaking control over the educational institutions that have been indoctrinating them for generation after generation. Uh, it starts at the dinner table at the end of the day. We have a very weak, very weak Republican legislature that lacks even a small group of people who are willing to stand up to woke corporate mandates. And it uh, doesn't matter if it's mandatory CRT in the workplace. It uh, doesn't matter if it's mandatory vaccination uh, to be employed in the state of Florida. doesn't matter if it's banning social media censorship. We have Republicans that are just too weak to stand up. You are listening to Sass, Starseeds Angels, Sivan Central. And I'm the Mystic Man. Thank you for joining Welcome. It's good to be back. I'm sorry for taking so long. I know I've been really lagging on making episodes. I'm going to have to uh, ask for your forgiveness there. I got caught in a relationship. A really tough one. But don't worry. I'm going to tell you all about it. Well, maybe not all about it. As they say, a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell. So, we got a really, really packed episode for you tonight. It seems we've got some new laws on the uh, Anchor slash Spotify platform they're trying to hunker down on the whole um, you know censorship thing not too classy I'd say what can you do well we can go over what we can't do I mean it's pretty basic right there was already like pretty basic understandings all around just in general when it comes to any platform like for instance no uh, inciting violence <clears throat> even though the Democrats did that all 2020 I guess it's okay when they do it right and they use giant platforms like major mainstream media outlets and uh, I mean hey you know I'm a registered Democrat right I don't know why. I gotta unregister that. Jesus. I had no idea how much lies I was told. I have to apologize to, um, to every Republican out there. I'm sorry. I made it up to Trump, for sure. I mean, I used to talk shit about Trump. I used to talk mad hate. Because you know why? Because I listened to the mainstream media and I just 
carried it on the narrative. And I thought, just like most Democrats think, because I, I live in California, Silicon Valley, San Jose. I live like not too far from Google and Facebook for all of you out there and the rest of the world. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I was brainwashed. I had no idea that the news could lie legally. I had no idea that the news could get paid to lie legally. I thought there was some kind of law, but then I forgot. Freedom of the press, freedom of speech, right? Well, I guess it's uh, uh, rules for uh, thee and not for me, so to speak. When it comes to these platforms, because I mean, look at it, look at, look at this now, Spotify slash anchor is uh, censoring hardcore now. Go figure. I mean, we saw it done with YouTube, but at least YouTube, when it came to YouTube, right? And I remember this. I remember this. It was great. It was beautiful. When the CDC first came to YouTube, trying to tell them to censor the, quote, anti-vaxxers, end quote. You know what the CEO of YouTube said? She said, because it was a she at the time, I don't know if she's still the one there, but she, she told the CDC to F off straight up she told them to f off of course so a week later i guess uh something happened she buckled and uh youtube had a new sheriff in town you remember if you were paying attention but not everybody could pay attention at that time i understand we were only on lockdown right you know everybody locked in their homes nothing to do what were you guys what was everybody doing right like i can't i couldn't believe it i was one of the first i think like 300 to luckily find the judy mikovitz documentary it got fucking censored before it got taken down and luckily we saw and knew what was going on so we downloaded it before the site got taken down and oh man it was such a mission it was such a it was hard. It was really hard. It was scary, too. I mean, can you imagine, like... I mean, Judy Mikovits was the top vaccine researcher in, our, in the U.S. for years. You know, she worked at the NIH. She worked at the, uh, I think it's um, NIAID, whatever it is, uh, with Fauci years and she was the one doing the work he was just a, a pencil neck he was just a pencil pusher you know at the desk she was the one doing the actual science you know Fauci hasn't seen a patient in over 30 years he's not a doctor anymore he doesn't care about people and you know I'm, I'm just saying that from my opinion that's my own opinion and I guess I have to say that now specifically to let everybody know that it's my opinion, right? Check this out. 
Spotify slash Anchor. New rules. Content that promotes dangerous, false, or dangerous, deceptive medical information that may cause offline harm or poses a direct threat to public health includes... Oh, because they're the health officials, right? Really. But may not be limited to... One, asserting that AIDS, COVID-19, cancer, or serious life-threatening diseases are a hoax or not real. Encouraging the consumption of... Yeah, okay, so that's one, right? And think about it. Literally, they're putting a, like... Like, verboten, like, sanction. Basically saying that it is literally impossible. It is physically impossible in this universe for there ever to be a deceptive they're basically saying that science is no longer science you know because science by definition is looking at all of the data it's an ever-evolving thing that's why we look at the data you know when you just when you don't look at the data that's no longer science that's religion that's belief that's going off a belief of what data represents but true science is always open to the data, to, to all of the data. You don't pick and choose. You don't bias yourself with the data at all. That's not science if you're biasing yourself to the belief of a, of a uh, preset, you know, uh, verb, verbatim, you know, belief of what is and the isness of something. I mean, if you look at history, all throughout history, what do you have? You have us discovering we were wrong. That's what science is. Literally, science is us discovering we were wrong again and again and again and again. You know, it doesn't end. And people think that they know what the science is because they follow herd. It's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Like most of these people out there, it's scary, you know? They've never even read a science paper in their life, you know? This guy tried to uh, come at me. This random stranger tried to pull up a blog post from from a public uh, resourced Malaysian, quote, science group, right? Claiming that, you know, oh, the efficacy of masks in this study was, like, really well, you know, uh, studied and like, uh, yeah, it, it's totally like the science. It's like this blog, right? It's like a blog post, right? It's not even peer reviewed. It's not even published in a reputable science journal. This freaking blog post from Malaysia is like, dude, I mean, I could, I could go and I could, you know, maybe spend a you know, a couple hundred bucks and pay, you know, 50 people in the Philippines to say whatever the hell I want. That don't make it true. And I bet you that they'll make a better blog than freaking Malaysians. Bias there, because I am part Filipino. <sighs> when are people going to learn? That corruption exists. It exists. Yeah. Wake up, world. You know, it. It's it's irresponsible for us to gaslight each other and claim that it doesn't. You know, that's like, um, 
you know, to all the parents out there, right? Would you tell your children to trust every stranger? And, and if anybody ever tried to say, oh, be careful for like, you know, for predators and, 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 and freaking creepers and shit, would you try to gaslight your children out of that and say, oh, no, no, don't listen to them. Everybody is totally trustworthy. There's no such thing as pedophiles. There's no such thing as people that, that are just creeps and do creepy shit. Would you, would you tell your children to trust everybody and that there's nothing to worry about? No, right? That would be insane. In fact, that would be... Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a parent, so I guess I can't really say, but I believe that would be bad parenting. And, um, you know, that, that hurts to say because I, you know, I'm not a parent. And, um, unrelated, it's just an argument I had with my recent ex. I gotta apologize. I doubt she'll ever listen to my show or... I wish she knew though. I'm really sorry. I called her a bad mother. For stupid reason too. It's like... She's not. She's a great mother. She's a really amazing mother. You know, it's like... Like... It, you know, I, I I learned a lot just from watching her and, and and you know, it just sucks. Totally off topic, I know. But uh I did say I would mention the relationship, so Okay, so there was the um Content that promotes dangerous, false, or dangerous, deceptive medical information, right? <laughs> yeah, because um, everything that the lockdowns were didn't entirely, measurably, the consensus, the scientific consensus says, shows that everything that we did in the lockdowns was horrible, horrible. We caused so much suicides just in general. In January 2020, over 50,000 people committed suicide in America alone. Just in January, that's the first month of this year. 50,000. Think about that. And a lot of them were kids. A lot of them were kids that had their entire lives taken from them because of the selfishness of adults. And I'm not trying to shame on anyone particularly but we do have human emotions and sometimes it is kind of important to feel these human emotions. These human emotions are cyclical for a reason because they help us balance to find center. How are we going to be able to cope in the world at all if we can't feel, if we're not allowed to feel our full range of emotions? That's why I think it's really ridiculous that um, a lot of these snowflake laws that are coming out, a lot of these snowflake, uh, let's just call them mandates, you know, unwritten mandates, you know, trying to protect people's uh, 
false egos and false pride and false sense of identity. And I'm not trying to shame on anyone particularly, but we do have human emotions. And sometimes it is kind of important to feel these human emotions. These human emotions are cyclical for a reason because they help us balance to find center. How are we going to be able to cope in the world at all if we can't feel, if we're not allowed to feel our full range of emotions? That's why I think it's really ridiculous that um, a lot of these snowflake laws that are coming out, a lot of these snowflake, let's just call them mandates, you know, unwritten mandates, you know, trying to protect people's uh, false egos and false pride and false sense of identity, you know, it's ridiculous, it's dangerous, it's inhumane, and it's destroying the world measurably. Anyways, uh, on with the uh, scabato. So we got, uh, but may not be limited to, blah, 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 uh, yada, yada. Okay, um, life-threatening disease or a hoax not really encouraging the consumption, uh, or a hoax not real, encouraging the consumption of bleach products to cure various illnesses and diseases. Okay, right there. That is narcissistic gaslighting right there. That is undermining. And um, what's the word for it? There's a good word for it, but I'm, I'm missing it. You know, um, basically what they're doing, um, it's a fallacy. I can't remember what it is. Uh, is it a straw man fallacy? Or basically what, what they're doing is they're, re they're referring to the, um, the hydroxychloroquine, HCQ. Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe they're not, maybe they're referring to bleach. I don't know, you know. I'm assuming that they're referring to the uh, controversial ACQ, which um, we had a lot of people arguing about. I'm not sure why. You know, the science is pretty resolved there too, you know. Um, globally, really. Uh, I think America is the only one left behind. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that there's like... I think 30 countries to 40 countries that are already like fully behind the science and are in consensus about the science of HCQ. I guess um, America, like big tech is just really evil or something. I don't know. Who knows? You know, maybe they're just dumb and like they don't like to read and they just like to twaddle along, you know, like sheeple. I guess. Who knows? You know, your guess is as good as mine. I think we should measure it. We should study it. We should study these big tech people. Watch them and uh, do a study on them, you know. See if we can psychologically analyze what the heck is wrong with them. But I guess we can't just, you know, put a whole, like, uh, you know, blanketing them theme Right, because really, in general, this is a human issue. This is an issue with humanity. It is an ancient issue. It's one I've been battling with 
personally and socially. Self-denial. E. Sunk cost fallacy. Projection of denied emotions. And it is everything that is of the Bible from the start. It is the lie that Satan caused Adam and Eve to go into and project their emotions. Like if you remember, they were ashamed before God judged them. And who says God even judged them? God just came around and asked a question. They freaked out. And then, you know, who wrote the storybooks, right? You know, I'd say probably God was chilling said, what's up? And they were like, I didn't do it. And they're all like freaking out because they're naked. And God's like, why are you freaking out that you're naked? <laughs> so you're like, and Adam's all like, the woman made me do it. The woman that you made me as he blames God. Look at that. I mean, he's just, there's blame, blame, blame. But I mean, like, really, there doesn't seem to be any judgment coming from God, really. You know what I mean? There's like a, a, a claim that God judged them. But I mean, it doesn't make much sense, really. I mean, an all-understanding being, you know, if it's omnipresent, omnipotent, and uh, omniscient, well, then it's all-understanding, right? You know, I mean, and... Understanding goes hand in hand with love. Now, of course, there's a duality there, an irony, because we do have to have faith in our kind of love, in our human understanding of love. And that's obviously because we are born into sin and we lack the understanding. That's why our love is always forever lacking the unconditional that is true love. But we aim as we should. And these are not, I'm not rambling. I'm not rambling at all. These are the same themes I'm talking about here. We're talking about truth versus lies. We're talking about reality versus deception. We're talking about light versus dark. We're talking about narcissism versus empathy. It takes empathy to understand another. You can listen to a person all you want, and you can read all the books you want, but if you don't feel it on an emotional level, then you don't understand. There's a difference between data and knowledge. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And whether you can actually internalize something has everything to do with your ability to empathize. That's why the ancients spoke in parable. That's why the wise speak in storytelling. So that way we would understand on a personal level. You have to put yourself in another's shoes. They say that narcissism has a hard time doing that. Well, I say that everybody's pretty darn narcissistic in different ways. 
That's astrology for you. More on it. Um, let's see what else are these guys trying to push on us, limit us, and censor us with. Uh, they say, oh, um, no talking about, uh, no promoting or suggesting vaccines approved by local health authorities are designed to cause death. Encouraging people to purposefully get infected or, or in, encouraging people to purposefully get infected with COVID-19 in order to build immunity to it. Example, promoting or hosting coronavirus parties. Okay, nobody, no, no, no. I mean, nobody's, I've never seen anybody doing that. I've never heard of anybody doing that. It's like they're just throwing that out there so that way they could really like Nazi this stuff down, really, you know really amazing i can't believe everybody's going for this like not everybody excuse me i can't believe like 30 percent of america is going for this well the rest of us are like you know I mean, i'd say 30 percent are going for it 40 percent are like pretty much like know what's going on and aren't, aren't like really buying anything anymore that's the narrative is trying to say um and questioning everything which is good it's pretty clear that like you know, um, you can't just trust anything, you know, you don't even just trust me, you know, use your sense of reasonability and check everything that, that you can really, that's science. That's what the scientific method is. It's looking at all the data, researching everything and not being biased at any point. You know, you don't understand something if you don't know the whole data. Duh. You know, it's like if you don't know a person's, like, if you don't, if you've never met a person, right, then you don't know them. You might, you know, know some words that have been associated with them. You might look at them and be able to judge and maybe guess a couple things right. But you should never gamble with punishing the innocent. That was something that I did a lot my previous relationship. I was the hypocrite in a lot of messed up ways. Diane, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I thought she was cheating on me. And you know what? Guess it doesn't matter anymore either way, right? It's one of my traumas. And I I don't know, you know, um it's weird. It's like every relationship that I get into. Not every, okay, I gotta take a step back there. Okay. Four relationships, but three majorly. Um one of them not so much. The first three major relationships I was in, I didn't even have none of that you know, insecurity, there was no traumas popping up from childhood, none of that, you know, you know, maybe I was just dumb or something, I don't know. Sometimes in relationships, certain people that I get with like to believe that the way to cure me from my traumas is to maybe step into the role of putting me through the trauma again. I don't know why anybody would think that, like... You know, I don't, I don't know. I know maybe they just do it naturally. I don't know. You know, it's not every woman. 
and I, I shouldn't just say it on women because I bet you there's a lot of guys that are like that too and I'm sorry to the women who have to go through that shit with the guys and hell you know I don't know um I guess I, I might have put my last relationship through some of her childhood traumas it didn't seem like it I don't know she wasn't like I mean okay look 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 I was crying shaking begging multiple times it was horrifying it was horrifying and um, I'm not blaming her at all because it's not her fault it's not you know she was a sweetheart and she did the best she could given the circumstances which is me toxic mess you know and I, t- I told her from the beginning but that's no excuse I miss her I gotta move on, right? I don't want to move on. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I really don't. You know, whatever. I don't need a relationship. But I, I'm. Uh, it's so hard to find people that like can take me. People, you know, you you guys on the other side of the of the listening in. I'm sure you you might think I'm a cool, nice guy. But no, I'm toxic. I'm super toxic. I'm like the epitome of toxic masculinity like from every insecurity like you could think of think of your ex that was like a narcissistic toxic motherfucker i'm like that except for i wouldn't say the narcissist part you see the thing is about narcissism is narcissists don't care you know that's the whole theme right and i'd like to say what if us saying and believing that our exes didn't care is us lacking empathy and just really being narcissistic ourselves. Well, I would argue it is. But I guess I can't really call myself narcissistic. Yet, at the same time, I can't claim she was narcissistic without considering that that's narcissistic of me to claim. Because we do tend to want to believe that the other didn't care at all. Because it hurts. It hurts to admit to ourselves that um, that we were loved. And we fucked it up. Tell you what the particular tweet was or what the offense was. That they never tell you. They never told you. Well, they, they just, never tell anybody. They removed you for not going along with whatever the tech narrative is. Because tech clearly has uh, a censorship agenda when it comes to COVID. In terms of treatment, in terms of the... Whether or not you're promoting what they would call vaccine hesitancy, they can ban you for that. They can ban you for, in in their eyes, what they think is a justifiable offense. And they're doing this, and I don't know who these people are that are doing this, but they're doing this, one of the most important things about you reading out your history like that, is to one of the most qualified people in the world to talk about vaccines. Thank you for that. I I think that that's... So one way that 
some people put it, is, and of course, since this has happened, I've been contacted by multiple lawyers that are looking at filing a suit, just like Alex Berenson has one against Twitter. Um, and and the point is made just what you just made. Uh, um, if so, the point that I I think is kind of succinct on this is, um, if my voice. If, it, if there's no merit to my voice being in the conversation, whether I, it's true or not, whether I'm factually correct or not, let's park that just for a minute. Whether or not I'm right in everything I say, and I freely admit, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. It's one of my core points, is people should think for themselves. I try really hard to give people the information and help them to think, not to tell them what to think. Okay? Um, but the point is, if if I'm not, if if it's not okay for me to be part of the conversation, even though I'm pointing out scientific facts that may be inconvenient, then who is, who can be allowed? Um, and uh, whether you're in the camp that says I'm a liar and I didn't invent this technology despite the patents, when there's a whole cohort of that, no one can debate that dispute. That I played a major role in the creation of this tech, and virtually all other voices, all these industries, the the harmonization of the tech censorship, the interests of pharma, um, big media, etc., and governments, all being harmonized in their messaging globally. I mean, I travel a lot. Okay, I see the same, and I have physicians coming to me all the time about what they're experiencing. The same playbook is going on every continent. Okay, but getting back to LinkedIn, so. This is this is the first event, and Steve Kirsch intervened, called up a vice president of LinkedIn, and, and, and Steve Kirsch is a tech guy, right? Yeah, he is. He's a Silicon Valley entrepreneur um, who you may or may not recall that I was on the Brett Weinstein Dark Horse podcast with Steve, that kind of lit this whole fire up months and months ago. That's right. Okay, that's where I first saw him. Yeah. Okay. So, so he he has great network connections in Silicon Valley. He invented the optical mouse. Um, and so he he called this vice president of LinkedIn. The guy looked into it. Meanwhile, um, people started dropping off of LinkedIn in protest, and there was major press articles all over the world. And then they reinstated me, and I actually got a very kind letter. This is unprecedented. A personal letter from this vice president, apologizing and saying and saying specifically that they didn't have the talent to fact check me. And uh, then, therefore, they were going to let me go. Now, then, subsequently, I got dropped again, and a phone call was made, and they got put on. In that case, the sin was that some one of their fact checkers, because remember, this is Microsoft, one of their fact checkers had identified the Atlantic Monthly article, attack article, that was written about me, and concluded that I was an anti-vaxer, and therefore, I should not be allowed on LinkedIn. My wife and I have racked our brains about what was the, what is likely to have been the tweet that triggered this, and you know you'd never know. The last two that I can think of that went out was one that was on our Substack, in which we、um, referred to a fantastic video that has been put out by the Canadian COVID Care Alliance group. That summarizes all the malfeasance and data manipulation, misinterpretation associated with the Pfizer vaccines and their clinical trials. It's a super video, 
And um, of course, that's, I guess that is uh, interpreted as something that would cause people to become vaccine hesitant. That's the sin in general, is saying things that cause people to become vaccine hesitant. The other thing that I put out immediately before that was a post, a link to a website for the World Economic Forum that lays out their entire strategy for how they manage media, how they're managing COVID-19, and all of their core messaging. It's a fascinating website with links. Those are the only two things I can think of that would meet the criteria. So, you know, my position all the way through this comes off of the platform of bioethics and the importance of informed consent. So my position is that people should have the freedom to choice, of choice, particularly for their children, um, and that in order to, can, to uh, appropriately choose to participate in a medical experiment, they have to be fully informed of the risks as well as the benefits. And so I've tried really hard to make sure that people have access to the information about those risks and potential benefits the true unfiltered academic papers and raw data, etc. And the policy that's being implemented is one in which no discussion of the risks are allowed because by definition, they will elicit vaccine hesitance. And by we, what I'm saying is the FDA created so much grief that the DOD decided it, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze and they wow. just dropped that arm. Why do you think that is? What do you think is going on with the, the, the pushback on ivermectin? So it's not just ivermectin, it's hydroxychloroquine. And just to put a, a marker on that, there's good modeling studies that probably half a million excess deaths have happened in the United States through the intentional blockade of early treatment by the U.S. government. That half is a, a million? Half a million. That is a well-documented number. Okay? And it's a combination of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Now, when you ask me why, you're asking me to get into somebody's head. What I can say as a scientist is what I observe. Um, the behaviors, the actions, the correspondence, these bizarre things like, uh, you know, don't you know it's a horse drug, y'all, right? Which is amazingly yeah. pejorative. I live in Virginia, okay? I can tell you the people around me, I live in a rural county and I raise horses. Um, that was deeply offensive. Um, to use that language in that way. Um, but there's clearly been an intentional push on the list of adverse events. And it's very clear that people that have natural immunity have a much higher risk factor um, for this whole spectrum of adverse events but even, if they get jabbed. Even though that's known, there's so many people out there telling people who've just recovered from COVID to get vaccinated. It is. Um, there is a number of things here that um, are not supported by the science, I'll say gently. Um, to be less gent since, gentle since we're on the Joe Rogan show, I can speak freely. It's nucking futz. This is just wrong. It's not consistent with the data. Well, it's, it doesn't make sense either. What we know about natural immunity is that natural immunity, at least according to that study in Israel, which is like, what, 2.5 million people, I think? They said that it's between 6 and 13 times more effective than the vaccine. That is 6 or 13 times more effective in hospitalized, preventing hospitalized COVID. It's more like 20 or 27-fold, yeah, 27-fold 
better at protecting against developing the disease. Remember, infection yes. does not equal disease. Right. Um, and that's only one of over 140 studies that document that natural immunity is superior to the vaccine-induced immunity. And oh, by the way, as a vaccinologist and an immunologist, I wouldn't expect anything different. Her Pradesh, as you know, has crushed COVID. Yeah, could you explain what they did to do that? Because it's kind of fascinating. It's, it's not clear. Um, what are the drugs? So what they did do, what we do know, and there, there's some backstory to this that we could go into if you want to. But the observation is there was a decision made. The virus was just ripping through Uttar Pradesh. It has almost the same population as the United States. It's huge. Okay, um, Dense, urban, poor, all the characteristics of the stereotypes of the Indian countryside. Um, and uh, the virus was just ripping through there and causing all kinds of death and disease. And the decision was made out of desperation in that province to deploy early treatments as packages widely throughout the province. And it included a number of agents. The composition has not been formally disclosed. It was done in coordination with, the United, with um, WHO. And whatever was in those packages um, was rumored to include ivermectin. Um, but there was a specific visit of Biden to Modi. And um, a decision was made in the Indian government not to disclose the contents of those packages that were being deployed in Uttar Pradesh, which they're still there. And Uttar Pradesh is flatlined right now. The rest of the world is yelling about Omicron and, and, and hospitalizations. Well, South Africa isn't. But uh, Uttar Pradesh is still flatlined in terms of deaths. So they were visited by someone in the Biden administration? Right. Recently? No, there's a meeting between Joe Biden and, and um, Modi. And... You and believe that out of that meeting, all they decided... I, know, I don't know what they said. I didn't wasn't invited. All I know is that immediately afterwards, there was a decision not to disclose the contents of what was being deployed in Uttar Pradesh. It's so crazy to imagine that in the middle of a pandemic, there's one place, uh, one area of India that's extremely successful in combating the virus, and they're not going to say how they did it. I mean, that's that's nuts. That's I, you know, so that's that's where I kind of my stance in all of this is to say, here are the facts, here are the verifiable data, draw your own conclusion. What's going on with Pfizer if the whistleblower comments hold true? And for instance, the Maddie DeGarry case, this young woman who was listed as having a stomach ache that participated in the Pfizer trials, when in fact what she had was a seizure and she's now wheel bound, wheelchair bound with a nasogastric tube, one of a thousand subjects. This is a 13 year old girl right. that was a part of the study and they wrote it down as what? Gastric distress. That's that's literally what it says in terms of the adverse effect. Gastric distress. Like what? What is gastric distress? Stomachache. That's it. But what, how do they account for all the other injuries? They don't. They don't. They take her off of the study. They. they how take is that her possible? Of, that that I mean, that's totally unethical. It right? is. It is. So it who's is, signing off on that? How do they, how are they allowed to do that? So a hospitalist or not a hospital administrator. But the, the numbers are quite large. There's something like a $3,000 basically death benefit to a hospital if it can be claimed to be COVID. There's a financial incentive to call somebody COVID positive. The CDC made a determination in year one. This is why all of our baseline data is junk. What is the financial incentive to say that they're COVID positive? The, That's why the PCR cycles are ramped up so high? I, the, I, I, again, you're asking causation. Right. I, I can tell you that there, the hospitals receive a bonus from the government, I think it's like 3,000 bucks, if someone is hospitalized and able to be declared COVID positive. They also receive a bonus, I think the total is something like 30,000 in incentive if somebody gets put on the vent. Then they get a bonus if somebody is 
declared dead with COVID. COVID, okay? So they have an incentive at the front end to declare somebody COVID, a COVID case. The CDC made a determination that they, they were going to make a core assumption if PCR positive and you die, that is death due to COVID. And so the, the extreme example, just to, to show the absurdity, um, if the patient comes in with a bullet hole to the head um, and they do a nose swab and they come up PCR positive, they're determined to have died from COVID when in fact they died though? from lead poisoning. That's real? Yeah. So they've really done that with gunshot victims, car I don't know about, yeah, victims. yeah, for, for sure, trauma and other things. I've seen that said, but I've always thought that's ridiculous. There's no way a hospital it's, would do it's that. Not, it's, not the, it's not a question of what hospital would do. It's a question of med codes. So the code is set that if you swab that person and you are, you're supposed to swab them. And, and you get a positive signal. And the are you person, obligated to swab them no matter who they are if they come in with an injury? I believe it's the common practice. I don't know whether the, whether there would be an obligation that would be a hospital by hospital policy. Statement. So that it really is true that if someone has a gunshot wound and they're dying of that gunshot wound and you check them for COVID and if they're COVID positive and they die, they marked it off as a COVID death. That is, a, that is by definition from the CDC. That was a decision that was made early on. So remember looping back, I talked about the interconnectedness at the board level between Pfizer and Thomson Reuters. Yes. Okay. Thomson Reuters has become the def- the fact checker of choice for determining, you know, quotes fact checker, right. right? And we know we so we can go into the the, the Facebook lawsuit that recently um, broke that whole story open. But Thomson Reuters is tied to Pfizer. Um, they have common corporate ownership, and they are the fact checker of Twitter. Now they're integrated. Okay, so. It's, it's Thomson Reuters is making the decision, um, which has connections to Pfizer, about what information will be allowed to be discussed on Twitter. That is crazy. That is so crazy to even hear. I, I, and I don't know how we ever pull out of this mess. I mean, I think we are at a 45-degree downward angle headed into a mountain. I really do. It's, it's so strange to me that no one's up in arms about this other than a few people that have been censored, a few people that have these uh, opposing viewpoints that are you know, deemed to be something that can't be discussed. Well, the observation that I can make if we follow the money is that hospitals are incentivized to, to treat COVID patients. The thing that ties all this little part of this story together, including the suppression through the government um, of early treatment, hospitals are incentivized financially to treat COVID patients. If COVID patients are being treated outside of the hospital and prevented from going to the hospital, such as the case in the Imperial Valley, um, where Brian Tyson, George Fareed have saved thousands and thousands of lives of indigenous Latinos that are coming across the border and working the fields, I mean, they're, they're breaking their backs to save the poor. Amazing story there with early treatments. Um, and I guess they're left alone because they're in the Imperial Valley and nobody cares. They're all poor. But in these urban environments, there is all these incentives for hospitals to treat COVID patients. And if people are giving treatments that are keeping those people out of the hospitals, then they're not getting that revenue. So your speculation, if I just could unpack this, that doctor in Maui who was giving early treatment you, re- you think that the reason why he was targeted because he was directly costing the hospital money because people weren't going in? I'm not COVID? saying, I, I'm saying that the observation is that early treatment keeps people out of the hospital and that hospitals have financial incentives, including death incentives, financial incentives. To discourage incentives. early treatment. Be- okay, so let me say this. 
people ask me, Robert, you're the inventor of this tech. You're a vaccinologist. Why are you speaking out? This was the whole topic of the Atlantic Monthly attack article. You know, why is this person become a vaccine skeptic? The, 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 Did they talk to you? Extensively. And the three days before this thing came out, the journalist, who's, it's a fascinating, he's a young man. He previously publishes basically on woke issues in the Chronicle of Higher Education. This is his first big article. Okay, he was clearly hired, and they explicitly say the article was funded by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the Zuckerberg Chan Initiative. Okay, Robert Wood Johnson is ma- the major shareholder in J&J, and Zuckerberg Chan, of course, is Facebook. Okay, so Facebook and Zuckerberg Chan have funded this attack article by this guy that normally writes about wokeness in the Journal of Higher Education. Um, and he was totally obsessed over this question. Robert, why are you saying these things? You must have some financial incentive. There must be some reason why you're doing this. Did and you I meet kept, this man in person? No, just over the phone. Okay. And I told him repeatedly because it's the right thing to do. I get this, you know, this consternation. But see, the thing is, I think I may be the only one that has been involved deeply in the development of this tech that doesn't have a financial stake in it. Right. Um, so for me... The reason is because what's happening is not right. It's destroying my profession. It's destroying the practice of medicine worldwide. It's destroying public health in medicine. I'm a vaccinologist. I've spent 30 years developing vaccine, a stupid amount of education, learning how to do it and what the rules are. And for me, I'm personally offended by watching my discipline get destroyed for no good reason at all, except apparently financial incentives and, and I don't know, political ass covering there's the um high zone tolerance issue and then there is with the multiple jabs that are mismatched for the current circulating virus that's akin to repeatedly taking a flu vaccine from two seasons ago and hoping it's going to protect against this flu well that's one of the more confusing things about this push for people to get boosted now with omicron because they keep saying with omicron we need to get but that's a vaccine escape variant isn't it um, among other things. So the, um, if, when, do you want to open that can of Omicron? Well, I want to, uh, <laughs> what we know so far is, uh, at least Peter McCullough said this, and I believe several other people have said this as well, that the immunity that you may have had to the Alpha variant or the Delta variant, it does not seem to work very well against Omicron. That's true. Nor does the immunity imparted by vaccines. By the way, since we're, we're down this little rabbit hole, let me just say one thing. Peter called me and he said, Robert, make sure you talk to Joe. And make it clear that although I spoke clearly and forcefully about one and done when I was on his show, that was before Omicron. Yeah. And so Peter wanted me to make sure that your audience knew. No, yes. <laughs> we, we've actually talked about that because I have several friends right now that have tested positive for COVID for a second time. And that is post that pod. This has been SAS, Starseeds Angels Savant Syndrome, with your host, The Mystic Man. I hope you have a wonderful day. 
you didn't know, I've got a new VIP service for the VIPs. For only $1.99 a month, you can subscribe and get special episodes that only you and the other VIPs can listen to. Cheers. Uomao ke ea o ka aina hikapono o humanity.